All right. So I'm Jesse, And I'm Erin. And we're the Cage Queens. This is not a crank call. Hopefully everything sounds better this time around. I don't know. I'm watching my recording right now and I'm like blasting off the charts. And I'm like, I swear I just tested this and it looked good (laughs) before we started talking. Right. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how crappy our audio is coming through, but we did try to make some attempts to improve it. Small attempts, but attempts nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and I hear my neighbor upstairs, like, stomping right now, so I'm like, okay, cool, 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 off to a good start. <laughs> uh, maybe after all the editing, it'll not be as rough. I mean, at least you shut yes. your heat off, right? I did, yeah. I, okay. I blasted it beforehand, and then I was actually just turning it off when we were doing the pre-recording, and then I heard it, like, doing the little <laughs> lick thing, and I was like, whoa, that is very obvious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that shouldn't be happening anymore. Right. Um, so, yeah, heat's off, we're good, but, yeah, how's it going? I mean, since we last recorded, my biggest life change has been I have a puppy now as well in the household, so. Which is pretty, pretty big because now we have one, one more distraction to try to, try to keep tame. But she's, uh, she seems pretty chill right now, at least for the moment. Yeah, she is just passed out in my lap right now. And. Thank goodness. Hopefully we can keep that the whole record. (laughs) She's pretty. Yes. Docile when she's asleep. So fingers crossed. Um, and, uh, so what did you name her? Yeah. So her name, (laughs) her name (laughs) is Peggy. Um, it was just something that came to us on the drive home because we had been kind of going back and forth on names before we picked her up. And then, uh, just on the way home, Anna goes, what about Peggy? And I look at her and I'm just like, yes, that is it. hundred (laughs) percent. That's it. Yep. And um, so, any inspiration from the the King of the Hill there? Or? That was the initial inspiration. <laughs> yes. um, was King of the Hill. Oh yeah. But uh, we've been calling her Peggy Sue a lot, and so mm-hmm. it makes me think of Peggy Sue got married. Uh, of course. Ah, God, stop. <laughs> but more, oh God. more, I guess, um, sentimentally, uh, we picked her up literally the day before my grandpa passed away so Mm -hmm. like that was kind of it was a lot all at once because then we had to travel to Michigan to to attend the services and everything so I called my grandma before we were heading to Michigan and we were talking on the phone and this was after my grandpa passed so we were talking about that obviously Mm -hmm. and she's like so I heard you got a puppy and I'm like yep her name is Peggy and my grandma goes oh your grandpa at the nursing home had a favorite employee there like a favorite nurse who was called peggy sue and he would call out her name when he when he needed something and so i was like oh my god grandma we actually call her peggy sue i just that's not her formal name so i didn't you know Mm -hmm. i didn't say it and so it was just a lovely coincidence on top of everything else Oh, well, that's super sweet. So multi-layered, this name. It hits many different aspects of importances in your life. Exactly. uh, That's great. Um, Yeah, I haven't had really any big life changes. (laughs) Nothing real to report. The the thing that I was going to bring up 
um, was that, so this weekend we went to go hang out with, um, one of our friends and Ozzy, uh, works out with this guy. And so like they, you know, see each other on, uh, some occasions. And so he went, um, the night before and he hung out with them and they started drinking and then he like, they're like, yeah, let's hang out again tomorrow, but this time invite Jesse. So then I was obligated to hang out but his wife who I normally hang out with she's like gone on a business trip and so I just had to hang out with them and so we go back the next day and we start hanging out and like um like they're they're really cool they're really easy to get along with we were we're drinking a lot and um we ended up going back to his house because he had another friend that was gonna watch football and then we were like fully planning on leaving because I'm like football's not our forte Mm -hmm. and then his friend was like oh you know second thought I'm just gonna stay home and so then our friend's like, well, now we now we can watch whatever you want. And then he just kind of casually brought up, I have Shrek on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're like, wait, you're Shrek fans? And so, like, we got into it. And so we are both, like, big fans of, of, of Shrek, both him and his wife and, and me and Ozzy. And I found this um, Shrek rave. That's going to be happening in the next couple weeks, which it looks so fucking stupid. Like, it is the epitome of, like, just a horrible event. But we're like, we kind of want to just check it out to see, like, what this is all about. And so then we were thinking of, like, well, obviously we have to go and dress up. And so then everybody was, like, you know, picking out, like, who we're going to be. And so um, and and we wanted to be more... We all want to be side characters is the thing. We don't want to be the main characters because there's too many expectations. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be Prince Charming. Um, Ozzy's going to be one of the three blind mice. Um, uh, Connor is going to be um, Pinocchio. And then his wife, Lindsay, is going to be Lord Farquaad. So we got the whole gang. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if it actually happens. We were pretty lit at that point in the conversation yeah. to to actually like execute and buy our tickets. So we'll see. But we um there there's been some conversation. So who knows if I actually end up going to that, then I'll have a more stories to tell oh soon enough. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine Ozzy as a blind mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just like bumping in at everyone with a cane. I don't know. Is that even okay to do? Pretend you're blind? I mean, I guess if he took his glasses off, he's pretty blind. So maybe that's just what he has to do. (laughs) Put on a pair of sunglasses that aren't prescription. Um, But yeah, we went back and forth on his character the most. Um, I thought he should be the fairy godmother, but he's like, I, I can't put on a dress and like come on demasculate yourself and he's like I don't think I can (laughs) so we had to compromise and I was like well the mouse I like the mouse he's pretty funny um so yeah we'll see we'll see how that goes but I'm just excited to part my hair in the middle (laughs) I think about that sometimes how you me and our friend Max had parted our hair all in the middle and made Drew really <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> he yes. wouldn't join in with us. Oh my god. Yeah. I forgot about that. I don't know. Yeah, middle parts are just, which is crazy because like now middle parts are like how most people style their hair like unironically. Mm-hmm. But like when we like did it, it was just like more so of like making fun of ourselves because that used to be the embarrassing haircut to have. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, but 
I'll keep you posted on how that all turns out. God, yeah, I'm actually very curious about how. <laughs> I just want to know, like, what what music are they going to play? Just like the Smash Mouth, like <laughs> with like dubstep or something. Oh, I don't know. All the remixes. Who? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could really do yeah, some so. shit. I know. So, and I also want to know who's going to be. I imagine there's probably going to be a bunch of, like, 30-year-olds in the crowd. Because I don't know if, like, the new generation fell in love with Shrek the same way that we did. And mm-hmm. so I just feel like it's going to be more appealing to, like, the millennial crowd. <laughs> We're all just, like, old people, like, rocking out to just this kid's movie, which is just weird. <laughs> it's just a weird environment. But, yeah. <sighs> you know. Nostalgia and whatnot. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, let's get into it. Yes. So, what are we talking about this week? <sighs> Always throwing the question on me. Uh, we're I talk- am. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Nick's classic movie, Knowing, which came out in 2009. It's PG-13. Nick is an astrophysicist named John, and he has this young son. I don't know how old he is. They don't ever say, but this kid goes to an elementary school where they buried a time capsule 50 years ago, and they dig this time capsule up because it's now present day, and Nick's kid gets um, an envelope that has a bunch of random, seemingly random, numbers. Um, That's all it is on a piece of paper front and back. And his son brings it home and thinks it's important. So Nick ends up, like, decoding it, essentially. And it's kind of like a prophecy for major disaster events and potentially the end of the world. So it's like an apocalyptic um, kind of storyline where Nick is trying to stop the apocalypse. Yes, and, and he makes sure to take that full responsibility into his <laughs> own hands many times throughout the movie. He's just, you know, always trying to be the hero. But yeah, I do. When I first kind of read over the synopsis of this movie, I was like, okay, I like, I like the theme. Like this is, this is, um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't like was how drawn out it was. I was like, okay. This could have been easy hour and 15 minute movie, but it ended up being just slightly over two hours. And I was like, all right, this is going on a little longer. But I think overall it was, um, it was pretty interesting, um, to watch and kind of just see how everything unfolded. Mm -hmm. We didn't really see a ton of Nick over exaggerations in this movie. I think partly because he was acting in the role as a, professor um and like in one of the first scenes oh god it's so cringy because like we see him teaching a class and he's just like the fun loving cool professor that like wants to be your friend but also wants you to learn and it was just like oh i was like no they're they're trying too hard to make this seem like like uh I don't know, just fun college stuff. And then, like, they also were, like, overemphasizing that, like, Nick was this professor and, like, trying to make him talk all scientific with his colleagues. And they were, like, at one point they were referring to a girl and they are like, yeah, PH double Ds. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, seriously? <laughs> it was so stupid. That is it was pretty so fucking stupid. Dumb. Yeah. <sighs> Elaborate. 
I thought it was a very interesting movie with a, a pretty cool twist at the end, I guess, if you want to call it a mm-hmm. twist. But there's the dilemma of, like, is, is you know, life actually random or is it all predetermined? And I don't mm-hmm. like... I don't like that argument, <laughs> just generally. Yeah. It's, I don't think things happen for a reason, but... Yeah, I like I like Nick's um, answer, because one of his, I think, students asked him something along those lines, mm-hmm. and he just goes, uh, I think shit just happens, and that's just me, or whatever. So I was like, yeah, agreed. <laughs> like, well said. <laughs> I think shit just happens. I think going back to the beginning, um, so it's based in, like, the first scene is in 1959, and there's this weird girl, her name is Lucinda, and she's the one that's, like, you notice something, like, there's, like, whispering voices in her ears, like, she's talking weird, and then eventually when they end up doing the time capsule, she's, like, writing down all these codes, and... Um, you know, her teacher stops her prematurely and then she like, we find her like scratching like through the walls and like what else she was like trying to finish. So like she was all, obviously there was something going on with her. And so she continues to be, I guess, more important later on in the movie because after, um, Nick's kid, uh, gets to participate in the unbearing of the capsule in 2009, you know, we see who's, um like contributions he he got to read which Lucinda became important and so Nick when he starts to decode and realize that some of these like catastrophic events like these numbers mean something then he starts doing more and more research into who Lucinda is and like if there's any kind of um clues that can lead him to answers on like how she came up with these numbers and then eventually we get to meet her daughter and her granddaughter which of course, there's a love interest because Nick can't go a movie without a love interest. That's right. Uh, what drives me kind of wild is that they included Lucinda's numbers in the time capsule in the first place. Like, yeah. The teacher had all the latitude to not include it. Like, yeah, she could have just been like, well, the assignment was to draw what you think the future <laughs> is supposed to look like or is going to look that like. This bullshit. <laughs> right. But some poor, unfortunate student in 50 years is just going to get this string of numbers instead. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, she did not understand the assignment. No. <laughs> so, yeah, could have excluded it. But so she had the full power to just like you know, cut this movie short from the get-go, but hey, that's not how movies work. The numbers are the key to everything. We we know he's disconnected with his family because eventually his, like, his sister comes over and, um, you know, tries to talk to him, and um, he mentions something about, like, stop trying to, like, reconnect me with dad, and, mm-hmm. and so we know he has daddy issues, Always. and then it... We find out that he's the son of a pastor. I am the son of a pastor. And that's, uh, you know, that's problematic for Nick because they have two very different belief systems. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess, um, so we know that he's not really connected to his, like, blood relatives and then also that his wife passed away. So really it's just Nick and his kid in the picture for, for the most part. The very fact we exist is nothing. So Nick's son, Caleb, brings his envelope with all the numbers inside of it home, which apparently he wasn't supposed to do, I guess. His 
he was supposed to leave it at the school, but uh, the kid was like, well, I thought it might be, you know, important, like a fun puzzle for us to solve or something like that. And Nick's like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's just not, just leave it. Like, <laughs> it's not fucking worth your time. But, uh, so it just kind of sits aside for a while and Nick drinks more and more and more, like as he's progressing through this thing he's going through, you know, like his son's sad that his mom's not there and Nick's just drinking to cope with it and watching nature documentaries and he like overflows his whiskey. I assume he was drinking whiskey, his brown liquid in the glass. And yes. he leads, you know, goes into the kitchen to clean it up and he sets it right down on top of the numbers. And when he realizes what he did, he picks up his glass and tries to clean it up and he sees something in the numbers. So he goes over to his whiteboard and he writes down nine one one zero one two nine nine six, And he starts kind of putting slashes in it, trying to, figure out what it all means and why he picked out that string of numbers. I don't know, but he figures out that it means nine eleven oh one, and he Googles it to find out that it's, um, about nine eleven. which I'm like, come on, Nick, you were there. Like you were fucking there. Yeah. So you should know yeah. this. <laughs> and then it, on the memorial page that he finds, it says 2,996 lives lost, which is the two nine nine six. And so he's, his mind is, like, blown. And so then he goes down a rabbit hole of research and starts, you know, like, basically doing the crazy thing where he puts, like, pictures up on the wall and makes the connections. And he's drawing, like, squares and lines and things on the, the paper, showing the pattern and all the events. And it shows that there's still three events coming that haven't happened yet. And he's like, oh, fuck, like, shit's gonna get real apparently because Lucinda was right about everything else. So she has to be right about the future ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so he, he pretty much like stays up all night trying to figure that out. And um, then he like passes out during the day. And I think he has to like go pick his son up from school. And while he's doing that, there's um, this big like traffic jam. And it's like, ah, come on, I'm late. And he's like looking at his GPS system. And then he recognizes these numbers and then he's like oh there's still some numbers on the page that I haven't decoded yet and it turns out they're like latitude and longitude and then he's like whoa the exact location I'm at right now are the numbers of the next event like what a coinky ding and I'm so, just like, gonna get out of my car, car and go see what's going on yeah <laughs> and everybody's doing this like everybody in the road is like getting out of their car and there was just, like, um, up ahead, there was, like, a, a, an accident with some, like, minor injuries. And then Nick's like, oh, no big deal. And then overhead, we just see this plane just crashing right above him. And I was like, wow, those are pretty good graphics. Like, I was not expecting that. I was like, it, like we were led to believe it was going to be a car crash. And then fucking plane crash happens. And I was like, whoa, gnarly. Um, oh, my yeah, God. So the scene, though. Oh, my God. It was so fucking chaotic like Nick was just like so after the plane crash there was a bunch of explosions and there was a bunch of people on fire and Nick kept like there's one guy that was on fire running past him and Nick just goes hey <laughs> and then he turns around and keeps running towards the plane crash and then he finds another guy that's on fire and tries to like put him out mm -hmm. and he's just like 
just getting in the way, like, thinking he's helping people, but just, like, I don't know, putting himself in danger. It was just a really weird scene. And I was like, why is this, why is he, like, running towards the danger? It was, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. He had to be the hero once again. Of course he did. Yes, that's why. But he literally did nothing. <laughs> he did not save anybody. So, yeah, that was just very random. And um, the fact that it happened, you know, where he was, he's like, whoa, this is telling me something. And, you know, eventually they found out that the number of deaths that happened on that um, plane crash mm-hmm. was the number that Lucinda predicted. Yep, yep. So all of the, the date, the lat long, and the number dead were all in the prediction. So Nick is fully believing now this Mm -hmm. conspiracy and his friend phil who didn't believe him originally his science buddy with the ph double d's uh (laughs) line (laughs) he now believes nick because of this new evidence that's before Mm -hmm. them and so nick is like phil like go home and you know go do your own thing because the world's gonna end or whatever at some point but Mm -hmm. when phil leaves we see this unknown person kind of standing off in the woods and these people keep kind of popping up and just especially where like Nick and his son are and we we don't know who they are but they're super mysterious Mm -hmm. and they don't talk they're just present and watching at least so far um was that the scene where he he chases the guy the like mysterious figure yeah into the woods and then the mysterious figure, or was that a different time? That might have been, like, the, the next time after Later that on. they showed up. Because this one, I was just looking at my notes, um, when we first see the guy outside of Nick's house, he ends up, like, up in Caleb's room, and, like, Caleb yeah. wakes up, and the the being is in there, basically trying to get Caleb's attention to get him to come with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then um, he does chase him, I guess. It's the same scene. Yeah, he does... Um, he ends up chasing him. And, like, before, I think he's seen this mysterious guy, like, uh, give Caleb a rock. And he's like, why are you talking to strangers? Don't do yeah. this. So, so, yeah, there's, there's like, all these reoccurring scenes, but it's very just, like, the black creeper rock. vibes. Yeah. yeah. And so when Nick chases him into the woods, he's like, who are you? What do you want? And, like, just, like, the thing just, like, opens up and just, like, there's just this flash of light. Like, he just mm-hmm. lights up Nick's world. And it was just really weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then gone. we're like, huh, yeah, what was what was that all about? But Nick doesn't really question it. Nope. He's just kind of like, there's other things to worry about. <laughs> Answer me! Yeah, so I think it's like maybe the next day, Nick has a printed out article about Lucinda's death. And that's, I guess, how he, he figures out where Diana lives. And so mm-hmm. he finds Diana's house and basically like, waits outside until he sees Diana and her daughter leave the Yikes. house and then yeah <laughs> and then he follows them to uh, a museum and he basically uses his son Caleb as bait or yep. you know a tool in his little plot so like he makes Caleb go stand with Diana's daughter so he can go talk to Diana and they end up going up to like a the museum restaurant and she's talking about how she's a single mom and it's hard but you know she's glad that her ex is out of her life and she's kind of trying to get 
Nick to talk about himself, and he just immediately goes into his <laughs> reason. He listens. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I full, I straight up stalked you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's not, I'm not flirting with you. I, the world's going to end and I need your help. And it was just like, whoa, it was just very straight to the point there. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. He basically chases her out of the museum trying to ask her questions mm-hmm. about her mom. And she like doesn't want to talk to him. She doesn't want to answer his questions. And that's totally a normal response for something like that. So Yes, yes. So he shouldn't have been surprised, but essentially what happens is he knows that there's going to be another, another like, uh, event that's going to happen really soon, and he wanted her help to, like, try to stop it. Um, but, like, he does what he can because, you know, he's on his hero shit. He tries to, like, warn the FBI. He, like, shows up at the location that he knows it's supposed to happen, and he, like, tries to do some preventative um, or, or preventive behavior where like he notices this one guy that is like looking a little sus and he's Mm -hmm. like whoa maybe this guy has like a bomb or something and so he like tries to chase him but then we just end up seeing that like it was just some like petty theft shit and that it wasn't the actual like that guy wasn't gonna be the problem what ended up being the problem was that like the um subway was like it goes off of its tracks or something and so then it crash it there's again this very dramatic like crash scene where it was just like plowing over people and like infrastructure and like everything and then there was just a bunch of um deaths on on site (laughs) but nick again even though he's in the middle of one of these uh crazy events walks away un harmed yeah he whatsoever he goes back home takes a shower and then goes and picks his son up from his sisters yep and then he returns home and diana and her daughter abby are sitting on nick's front step like how did they know he lived there i don't know but they show so up random <laughs> yeah know. they found him <laughs> so they're just sitting there and diana's like yeah so I need to talk to you about my mom because she always said that I was going to die on October 19th. And, you know, it's almost October 19th. So mm-hmm. let's find out. Then they essentially, um, Diana, like, takes him over to, like, listen to his old house. And they're, like, mm-hmm. looking for clues. They leave the kids in the car. And then, like, you know, eventually they start finding these rocks that Caleb got, you know, Mm -hmm. earlier. And they're like, whoa, putting the pieces together. And then all of these, like, beings start showing up around the truck where, like, the kids are hanging out. And then you just hear them, like, speaking them in their ear and whatever. And then uh, the kids kind of get nervous, so they alert the parents. And then we find out that the kids call these people the whisper people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, geez. Um, Oh, so this is where... This is where he chases on it with a gun, and then it opens up its ray of light. Okay, yeah. And, okay. And inside the house, they discover that, because um, the, they're almost to the end of the paper, like the events, This there's only one event left. And mm-hmm. it kind of looks like she wrote a fucked up, like, 33, as, you know, the number of people who died. But it's um, two E's, so... They figure out when they see all the rocks and they flip the bed over that they two E's written backwards mean everyone else. So 
meaning the end of the world, but they still don't have a location. They just have the date, the two E's, and they don't know where to go, I guess, or where it's going to happen or mm-hmm. where they're supposed to be. So, yeah, then the kids blare the horn, and Nick goes out and saves the day by <laughs> chasing <laughs> off the, the whisper people. And um, then they, they leave. But before they left, Nick took, like, this religious drawing off of um, Lucinda's, like, serial killer walls that she had set up in there because she was tracking all of the events before she died and so she was seeing you know all the events that nick had already researched she was taking the clippings and putting them on her walls as they happened and so like they get home and (laughs) sleep and this is a very minor detail but i'm just gonna call it out because (laughs) when they are going to bed that night nick crawls into bed with his son into his son's bed and Lucinda and Diana are definitely, or, oops, and Diana and Abby are, <laughs> are definitely I mean, to be fair, she was played by the same actress because we saw Lucinda as a little girl and now we see Abby as a little girl. Same actress. They didn't bother to change it. <laughs> yeah, they just gave her like some baggy looking face to, and some yep. graying hair. But so Diana and Abby are definitely staying at Nick's house. And Diana is wearing like, a negligee. Like, did she bring it with her? Did she... <laughs> ready. Did she wear one of Nick's dead wife's negligees? Like, right, where like, did she get like, this? Ooh, yeah, that was... Uh, very minor that and very was unimportant. Very minor, very um, unexplainable as well. Yeah. So another a mystery. But, yeah, she was... She was ready for it. She was ready for Nick. That's all we know. <laughs> I know how it sounds. Yeah, so eventually then Nick, like, figures it out. He uses his big astrophysics brain and goes to MIT's, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Haystack Observatory. And he's like, hey, you know these, like, former papers I was writing? And, like, how we didn't think it was a threat and how I was just, like, um, the the numbers were off? Well, actually, it is right. There's going to be this cataclysm that's going to ruin everybody. And so then they figure out that the um, the event that's going to, you know, kill everybody is just going to be happening in space. So it kind of ties back into Nick's profession. And we're like, whoa. Um, yeah. And so there's, like, not really anything that anybody can do about it at that point because it's just so out of the hands, you know, people's hands. And so um, it is enough to trigger Nick to call his dad (laughs) and warn him because he's ready to make amends now that everybody's going to die. But he's still, like, set on, like, no, there's got to be something that that we can do. This um, This is one of the, like, the last event here, like, there's no location. And so maybe if she said a location, like that's where we can go to find safety or, or whatever. And then he like remembers that she got interrupted when she was like writing this code. And she's like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be somebody somewhere in the elementary school, like where mm-hmm. she finished it. And so, you know, he just so happened to find the exact piece of wall she was scratching in um, to, to figure out the location of, um, where this was to take place. But yeah. yeah, at this point, there's a lot of chaos going on because now the like, you know, national warning systems going off, like everybody is aware that this event is 
going to be triggered in, in the near future. And so they're just like, well, good luck. <laughs> when they were initially, like before Nick got the idea to go to the school, uh, their initial plan was to go down into some caves that Diana knew mm-hmm. about uh, because they're thinking that if they go underground, they might be okay. They might like miss the mass destruction. So Diana thinks that they're on their way to the caves and Nick fully detours to the school and grabs the door and then heads back home and starts like peeling off the wood. And Diana gets frustrated because she's like, no, we need to be going to the fucking caves. Like you're Mm -hmm. wasting our time. So she takes both kids and drives off in her own car and Nick finally like he uncovers the numbers and he's like yes it's the coordinates and so he goes out to like tell diana and (sighs) she's gone so he gets in his car and starts going after and like diana can't call nick because the uh this solar activity that's happening happening is like messing with satellites and radio waves and like all transmissions are basically just getting fucked so like Mm -hmm. they can't call each other on you know via cell phone and diana pulls over at a gas station to get gas presumably and this like right this was right before like the mass hysteria broke out before the news Mm -hmm. really notified everybody and so she is getting her gas and nick's son gets out of the car and goes to the payphone and calls nick and it works because landline to cell phone i guess somehow still works and so (laughs) nick basically finds out where they are and diana sees him making the phone calls she's like get the fuck back in the car like (laughs) you need to be with abby in the car and so he kid gets back in the car and she talks to nick and tells him what's up and nick's speeding off on the way and she sees the news announcement that everybody's gonna die and then everybody starts freaking out and she turns around and her car is gone because the whisper people came and got in the car and drove off while she was watching the tv yeah and then she just decides you know what all hysteria has you know broken out at this point i'm just gonna take somebody else's car (laughs) so she takes (laughs) she takes another car and she's just like rampage driving trying to like you know catch up with the people who took her car And then she gets just railed by a semi on the driver's side. And at first we see that, like, after, like, that accident happened, she, like, opens her eyes a little bit. I'm like, um, this bitch lived that? Like, that was a pretty, like, she should have, there was no way. Um, and then, of course, Nick gets to the gas station and, gosh darn it, just missed her. Mm -hmm. And so then he talks to the attendant there, which... That attendant was just like, I can't believe he was still working. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, bro, I been gone. <laughs> what? Me too. I was like, God, he's just protecting this company's business, helping all these people. I was like, wow, you are dedicated to your job. Unless he owned that particular. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you. he's the owner and he's like, you know what? This is how I want to go out. This is um, my bottom line. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Nick, like, you know, drives, uh, chases after her. And then, you know, he comes up on this car scene, which I guess he just knew was Diana for some reason. I don't know how, but... It's the 19th, then, so he probably just had to see who it was, assuming yeah. that it could be Diana. 
Yeah, and so it was, and she was in the back of an ambulance and, like, literally just died as Nick shows up. And then he, like, sees in her hand she has one of these rocks. And he's like, oh, gosh, those whisper people struck again. And so, um, yeah, I think he, from that point, then he decides to drive to Lucinda's house? Yeah, that where he went? Yeah, that's where the coordinates were. So when he called mm-hmm. the, or when he was on the payphone with Diana, he's trying to tell her, like, no, we need to go to your your mom's house, not the caves. Like, the only way we're going to survive this is if we go to your mom's house. And she said no, and then had to turn around and try to track down her car with somebody else's car. The caves won't save us! Nothing can! But... He goes to Lucinda's and he's driving up and he sees tire tracks, fresh ones, I guess. And he follows that through some brush and he ends up down in this like opening where it's just all of those black stones. It's just completely covered with the black stones. And then he finds uh, Diana's car, but the doors are open and there's nobody in it. So he gets out of his car and starts running and freaking out and then he sees one of the whisper people in the mist and he <laughs> starts approaching him with his gun you know yelling at him like give me my son and uh then caleb comes out and he's like no dad it's okay they're gonna save us and he's got a a white bunny rabbit with him and he's like and i get to keep this bunny and his dad's like okay cool but what oh, the yes. fuck is happening here <laughs> and like Abby comes out and she's also got a bunny and the other whisper people are there and Caleb basically explains to him like the whisper people are gonna save them like they told me telepathically um all the things they're gonna do for us like it's gonna be totally fine we're gonna be safe they'll get us they'll save us like they'll save all of us and so all of a sudden like out of the sky it opens up and basically like some sort of alien spaceship thing is revealed and it comes down and like Nick cannot speak he like is so like awestruck by what's happening in front of him and the kids are just like yeah you know like it's it's whatever (laughs) you know and uh then as you know everybody's getting ready to go the whisper people tell Nick like no like you can't come just the ones who can hear the voice of the whisper people can go and so nick he's like ah yes i get it like that's totally fine and he gives <laughs> Take my kid <laughs> yeah he's like he tells his kid you know like you have to go with them like you just have to but we'll be together forever still whatever and he gives his kid like this locket that i think was a gift from his wife um before she passed and so he gives that to his son as his parting gift to him and then the alien ship takes off and we see like a zoomed out shot with a whole bunch of these types of ships leaving the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but one, one thing that I should mention is before they leave, the whisper people kind of show their true form, which is all like a see-through person. And then when they go up, mm-hmm. they have these like angel wings with them, like a religious thing, you know, yeah. Armageddon rapture, yeah. whatever. So they all go up together, and Nick basically sobs himself to sleep out in this rock field and wakes up the next day still alive, 
And he heads into town, and it's just fucking chaos, like, looting everywhere. People are freaking out. Everything's just Mm -hmm. popping off. And he goes, drives directly to his mommy and daddy's, and his sister's there, and they all just have one big hug, and then the world gets (laughs) fucking destroyed. Like, you just watched mass destruction. Game over for them, but mm-hmm. then it flashes to the kids on this new planet, just running through a field, just mm-hmm. kind of giving <laughs> off very like Adam and Eve type vibes for yeah. the new. Like, and they're wearing these like white start. raggy looking <laughs> clothes. <laughs> yeah, like definitely yeah. not what they left this planet in. But yeah, <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow they got they got new fits. Um, yeah, and then we also see all of these, you know, again, these new, these other spaceships kind of depositing <laughs> their, their, uh, um, gatherings to this new planet. So, yeah, it's just a chance to start over. Right, and if it's a bunch of children, like, all going yeah. to a planet by themselves with no real skills or anything, like, what the fuck was, <laughs> good what's luck. Go- yeah, what's gonna happen, I don't know, but, yeah, good yeah. fucking luck. So yeah, but we uh, there is a there's no sequel to this, so I guess we'll never find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I have a prophecy. It's about to be proven accurate. But yeah, that was in essence the movie. <laughs> yeah, like I, even the trivia was like not Lame. good. It wasn't good at all. Yeah, there was no like oh. From the trivia, like, that's good information to to have. It was like, I was digging desperately for content, <laughs> yeah. and it was, there was nothing. <laughs> the only interesting thing I found that kind of made me laugh a little bit was um, somebody had asked Nick in an interview what he did to prepare for the role, and mm-hmm. his response basically was, well, my dad was a professor, so that's all the preparation I needed. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, God, he's got this one in the book. He's like, yeah, I can figure this out. Not yeah. much to it. <laughs> I have daddy issues, so I know how to play this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. So easy enough for him. And I feel like he did just the amount of preparation he needed. This wasn't, I mean, not like we're actresses or anything. We don't know what it takes to put a to movie, uh, movie together. But, yeah, this didn't seem like anything fucking wild that he would need to prepare for so i think he did fine yeah he did what he had to yeah i mean Um, it was definitely more interesting than i thought it was gonna be like i really wasn't sure what to expect with this one um but it was okay a little too religious yeah yeah there was some hints at the religious stuff which i'm like eh, could go without i would prefer if they were just aliens like that would have been okay. I would have liked that better. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that this movie all in all, like it was an interesting concept and I liked the ideas. Um, I just didn't like how long it was and how drawn out it was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the religious components, everything else was like, you know what? Not bad. Yeah. So I say in terms of like ranking, very middle of the road for me. Definitely. Not not the worst, not the best. Yeah, we'll have to pull up the list because it's been a while since I've really looked at it. I know. I'm like looking at this list. And so we have 53 on here right now. 
And so then I was, like, looking, like, dead ass in the middle is, like, National Treasure at mm. 27. Yeah. And then the the sequel to National Treasure 28. And I was like, okay, this one's got to be better than The Ant Bully, though, which was 29. Definitely. But I also <laughs> think it would be better than maybe the second National Treasure movie. Right. But it's not, like, iconic enough to be better than National Treasure. So yeah. maybe at, maybe, uh, between so what would that be, 28? Yeah, yeah, between the treasures. That's where it's going to go. Bam. This location. All right. What do we have next? I was just about to pull it up. I know that it's, <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was going to be an animated movie, if I recall uh, correctly. Yeah. So... It's Let's see. definitely one of an animated variety. Oh, God. Yeah. So next one's G-Force. Released in 2009, rated PG. And it says, A specially trained squad of guinea pigs is dispatched to stop a diabolical billionaire from taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what we get. Um, I'm... <sighs> So Nick's probably going to play a guinea... He's either going to play a guinea pig or the diabolical billionaire that's taking over the world. Let's see. Or maybe a secondary character. Yeah, like where the fuck is he? I don't see... Yeah, I don't see him at all in the top bill. Uh, what the fuck? When was he in this movie? Oh my god, he's Speckles. (laughs) Which I think is a side character. Oh my god. I mean, it's very low on the list, so I'm just going to guess it's a side character, unless this is in order from appearance. Okay, yeah, here's um, some quotes. So Speckle says, we've got a worm to decipher. And then another, Darwin says, you're genius. And then Speckle says, I'm a mole. I got a thing for worms. So he he doesn't even play a guinea pig, he plays a mole. (laughs) So he's a character, yeah, he's just a character they encounter at some point. Oh my god. Good, 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 good. Glad this is on our list. But hey, I'm sure we've encountered worse, or we will, if this is not the worst. That's true. So, true. um, but this is what this is what we uh, this is what we do. This is why we're back. Just to hate the movies we review. (laughs) Back because we legitimately missed this, and yes, would like to get back into it. I think that, you know, the, we know, we already knew ahead of time that the animated ones were going to be, like, lower, but on the list. But, you know, after this one, it looks like we got some more... Astro Boy? Is yeah, we got Astro Boy, Sorcerer's Apprentice. We got one where he plays Big Daddy and <laughs> kick ass. <laughs> so there's... Go to the movies? What the... Oh, oh what no. the fuck? So, yeah, it is what it is. You the know, we've hit, we've hit mid-career for him. So, we'll just, we'll just keep uh, pushing through and, you know, maybe we'll find a hidden gem. Who knows? Yeah. All, Who knows? all I know is that it's good knowing that we're back. <laughs> Class dismissed. And we're back, baby! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Delete that. (laughs) 